Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Leads Up podcast. I'm James and I'm with Rocco Dean. Hello. Well, I was in a, a very good mood in the run-up to the Brighton game. I was feeling positive, had a nice walk down to the ground. I think there was a bit of snow. There was definitely a lot of snow at home. And Lucas Radaby was there back in the, the stadium. It was lovely to see the Chief. It was quite funny. I had, I had a lovely time pre-match, but it was almost the opposite from there. We... <laughs> We had a few beers in Leeds beforehand, which is not normal for me. And we couldn't get a taxi, so I had to walk there. And my mate led us the wrong way. <laughs> so, but luckily for me, when we stopped for a toilet break, they went off on the wrong, the wrong way and I went the right way. And because I'd lost them, I then utilized my marathon skills and, and ran to Ellen Road and like missed five minutes. They missed half an hour. <laughs> Jeez, did they still let them in? Yeah, they still got in, yeah. So yeah, I missed I missed all all that all that nice stuff. Just you, got the football. I mean, you missed the visual of Radaby, but you didn't miss the audio because it was coming through the the PA. Still got no idea what he said, but it was nice to see him getting into the the crowd and how it was yesterday is probably not a bad thing. And we've heard from our good old friend Hayden Evans. For anyone who is maybe new to listening to the podcast, Hayden is Charlie Cresswell and Jamie Shackleton's agent, closely working with some great players for a long time and he, but above all that he's a massive Leeds fan and uh, it's always good to hear from Aiden so thanks for that so yeah have a listen to this a good point against a good side Brighton at the weekend the problem is that point was diminished as soon as we saw all the other results seems to be the way it's going this year uh, last year I think we had the opposite really um, a lot of results going the right way even the beginning of this season all the other results went for us but now it's, it literally is down to ourselves. Um, people making a lot of comparisons, saying same number of points as with Bielsa this time of year. Um, all true. However, uh, sides are much, much closer to us. You know, there was a gap at that point and there was definitely sides that were clearly worse than us. Uh, I'm not altogether sure that is the case. I think there's a bunch of five or six of us that um, are all pretty much as bad as each other. Um, Feel a bit more confident with uh, Gracia in charge. Um, certainly, I'd have been absolutely crapping myself if we still had Jesse March uh, at the club. So, uh, squad again, you know, individually, you look down the squad. So, you can start taking all these positives in terms of better squad, better individual players, 
decent manager, all of that stuff, but uh, it's still not getting us the results that we need. Um, you know, I think uh, we're, we're clearly in for a rough ride. Uh, again, you talk about the fixtures being better for us than other teams, but who would have guessed that Bournemouth would get a result against Liverpool? So right now, uh, it's just literally the old cliche of game by game. Uh, you just can't sit and calculate what the points might be, what we might get from this one or that one. We've just got to turn up, um, you know, support the lads and, and see how we go. Really disappointing to hear a lot of the crowd booing and chanting what the fuck is going on. Um, you know, before we equalised, uh, I think there's a time and a place for criticism, but it's definitely not all of us together making negative vibes, particularly at Elland Road. Um, South Stand everywhere was really quiet. I mean, I guess it's a nervousness until we started knocking in a couple of goals and, and got back on top. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess the name of the podcast says it all, leads that. And we've got we've just got to stick with them. Uh, it's what we've been used to, and we've just got to go again, as the old cliche says. Certainly agree about the crowd for sure. I was really disappointed. I mean, I I didn't like the game at all yesterday. I thought I don't know. I, 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 to be honest, I'm not sure if it was <laughs> because I was a bit drunk that I was. Like, I felt so negative and leaving the ground. I honestly thought well, we're going to finish bottom. You know, that's how how bad I was feeling about it. But maybe even part of that was the crowd, to be completely honest, because the club at the moment feels such in, a bad, in such a bad way and, and booing them like that when they're executing a game plan, when we've seen how badly the pressing has gone under Mars. Yeah, that was really disappointing. And, you know, I, I'm contradicting myself in a way because I've said before, you know, I want to see Leeds play like that. I want to see us play at 100 miles an hour trying to win the ball back as quick as possible. But that's not what we're doing now. And, and you know, this is Javi's plan to, to keep us up. So, yeah, that, that was really disappointing. I came away yesterday thinking if we had have been playing marsh ball and we had have been playing football at 100 miles an hour, we would have lost that game. I saw a clip online the other week and it was a team goal playing out from the back under a lot of pressure. And at the end of it, I think they scored and I was like, bloody hell, that was so good. And then I actually looked who it was and it was Brighton. And I was like, I, like, I couldn't believe it was them playing. So like, honestly, you know, as a Leeds fan, you just watch Leeds stuff all the time, don't you? And you just absorb that. And I, ha I don't really watch anyone else in depth. And that opened my eyes a bit. And I did watch a couple of clips then of Brighton and I thought, yeah, if we play our high pressing game, we, we are in for trouble. So I felt a complete opposite. I was I was kind of getting annoyed at people around me yesterday because they were sort of going, "Come on, why why aren't you why aren't you putting in the pressure?" But it's like it was it was obvious because I'd seen that clip of what we were trying to do. So I I was really pleased as as, as dissatisfying a type of football as it is to see, to see your team kind of sit and just play a game of chess. It's kind of like that's the only thing we could we could have done against Brighton. So yeah, all in all, I was I was pleased that we did that. I think I, I was a bit frustrated at times with how much we're giving the ball away, particularly in midfield, but then a few occasions they gave the ball away as well. So, Yeah, I think that's what was getting me down so much was, was the midfield. I just, I just don't know what Rocker offers. I know people on Twitter defend him massively and you see all these stats, but God, I'm watching it with my eyes and it, I mean, I don't know what he's got. He's not a cultured midfielder. He's just... I don't know. I don't know what we saw him in in the first place. And I think, 
I, I liked him at first. I thought, actually, you know, he's probably going to be a good player when I'd expected him to be poor. But I think I was right, to be honest. He's just he's just not good enough. And the proof's in the pudding where we are in the league. Him and Adams have been the midfield and Adams has been brilliant all season, but he's having a, a real slump now. And it's difficult. It's a long season. It's his first season in the Premier League. Probably his first ever season playing week in, week out without having researched it. I don't think he was ever a full-blown regular at Leipzig. So, you know, it's to be expected, you know, not to hammer him for, but yeah, he's, he's lost his form at the worst possible time, hasn't he? Your sixth book, Into the Marshes with Marsh, will be a pretty brutal read. You, you, you go, you go, you going into all these players, Rocco. Bloody hell! I know. I'm sorry, but uh, what can nah. you do? It's I mean, tough. It's uh, yeah. I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to be one of those like annoying happy clappers because I'm not that. But I'm also remaining quite positive when you see how open the league is. Before we go into that, let's hear from Paul. Paul's Paul's coming back on the podcast. So we couldn't be happier. And here's a clip from him. Hi guys, Paul here. Just wanted to say thank you very much for holding down the fort for the last six months um, whilst I've had uh, unexpectedly extended paternity leave. Things are going okay at the moment though, so all been well, we'll be back very soon. No, a couple of notes I'd like to drop in for food for thought for today. There were so many people in the ground who just thought we were playing badly yesterday, but that... Our club has talked about succession planning. What Brighton did is succession planning. They managed to lose their manager to a, inverted commas, better team, brought in seamlessly another manager who's actually elevated them to the next level. Not what we did twice. Oof. Hopefully, we land on our feet with it. Uh, I think we played a really clever game yesterday that resulted in a point that doesn't necessarily look great on the table as it stands today. But you don't get relegated in March unless you're really bad. Um, we'll see where it is at the end of the season. It could be a really, really crucial point. Just for you, James, the graphs you were talking about in The Athletic, they're called radar graphs. So have a good one. Thanks for having me back eventually, hopefully. Can I come back? Cheers. See you later. P.S. It was an unexpectedly long paternity leave but not an unexpected potential leave. Cheers. It's good to know, Paul, that yes, your child was expected. That's all, all, always a positive thing, financially and emotionally. Yeah, do you? He'll be good to have him back. I missed his voice. Your dad's missed his voice. I don't think your dad likes yeah. him as a presenter, does he? Which I'm going to just say he, it. Think he loves you, James. He absolutely loves you. Cheers, David. He hasn't said that. So yeah, this, like Paul touched on a couple of things there. One of those was the succession plan at Brighton and I'd made some notes on this. So I was glad he mentioned it and Brighton are a ridiculously good side. And, and that's partly why I felt kind of positive that we got a point. So I really didn't think we'd get anything from it. And, uh, you know, they did lose Potter and their entire staff. And with that, you, you know, cause they were playing really well at that point and they were on the, and he thought, well, that's really going to unsettle the ship that could throw another team into the mix down where we are. As it happens, like Paul says, that succession plan has, has really made a positive impact for them and they do look better. And, you know, when you think that they've sold Ben White, Bad, Cucciarella, but they've bought like incredibly well and that McAllister has stepped up as well. I mean, he's a World Cup winner and he stepped up into like a 10 role perfectly. And yeah, you just think, I never wanted to envy Brighton because they were always like a nothing club to me. But 
here we are. Yeah, 100%. And uh, yeah, I'm glad Paul mentioned that because quite interestingly, I met up with my publisher before the game. So he's head of comms at Brighton. So he was up for the game. So we had a chat before the game and it was amazing hearing him talking. So he was, you know, talking about, you know, the, well, the, yeah, the, the, the progression plan and, and the way they run the club and the, the recruitment side of things and the way they build the squad and how they plan things. You know, he was saying that there were like, when we were trying to sign Ben White, they were saying to him, you know, Leeds won't sell you for 50 million. If you go to them for 30, Leeds won't then sell you on for 50. You know, it's not good for your career. You're better off sticking with us and then we'll sell you for 50. And that's what's happened. But no, beyond that, it was just the, the meticulous nature of their planning. And I always remember there was a picture of the Brighton board after they lost out on promotion, I think to Middlesbrough on the last day of the season years ago now, I suppose. But then there was a picture that came out of them all in the boardroom, like ready to plan for next season. That was the next morning. And I always thought that was really impressive and they're a really impressive club. And we are just the opposite. I think probably again, that played on my mind all day yesterday. And I was thinking about, again, not even digging Rutter out in the slightest. I'm digging out the club, you know, Aronson's playing ahead of him. Like Aronson for me was playing in Rutter's position and, you know, I mean, it, it, just shows such a bad light on on Orta and Rutter that Aronson's got in ahead of the team. And I think I'd have been up on it about that as well. Just thinking, you know, what, you know, what are we actually playing at here? So yeah, it's all, it's all just, it's all just a, just a mess of big, big old mangle. And I'm, yeah, feeling really bad about it. But at the same time, like this morning, I do feel better. And, you know, I think it's just all on, on Chappie, whether he can make us better or not. And you've got to hope that he can. And so far, I think we've seen positive signs that he can. You mentioned Orta there, and that's where my head went to when Paul started talking about succession plans. And you think, yeah, it feels like we're just always off the cuff. And I obviously did think of our good friend Dara Cunningham, who sent me a voice note this morning. I haven't had a chance to reply, actually, Dara. I, I do apologize. The reason being is that I was paying my debts and I was in B&M. The debts were for being at the football all day yesterday, and my wife dragged me around. But yeah, it's, it, it's, it's really, really hard. And I think something's got to change massively at the club. And, but for now, like you say, we've just got to keep the faith, which is what Aiden said, you know, just take it day by day by day, game by game. And uh, which, you know, is the old cliche, but that's all you can do because all the clubs around us have got tricky games and it is in our hands. Like if we take points from those clubs that are in and around us down there, then we'll be okay. But it's, they've really got to step it up and, yeah, let's let's dig into the game a bit more, like because we're not funnily enough, we're not really talked about, it, have we? But ha- Harrison's obviously caused a lot of chatter in the last few weeks, and I think he caused even more yesterday. But credit where it's due, he chased down their right back for that first goal, won the ball off him, played a pass into Bamford. Bamford had a great first touch to put it onto his wrong foot, which is <laughs> something you don't often see him do very comfortably in fact it's very awkward and he had a go and I think that that sort of summed it up for me as well where we were at a point that the crowd was just starting to to turn because we'd we'd, we'd gone one nil down obviously and it was a good goal by them and frustrating from us because Alien was being beaten a lot of the time but the crowd was starting to turn and I always remember Eddie Gray years ago saying at Ellen Road you you want to worry when it starts to go quiet and it was just like deathly quiet and that goal just turned it around 
for me and and really made not like not everyone then went into full-blown positivity but the mood changed instantly it was it was what we needed yeah well i mean when the goal went in my side of the cop they were still singing what the fuck's going on even after the goal and it was a lovely goal i mean obviously it took a deflection so it was very fortunate the way that it's looped over the keeper but yeah like harrison harrison winning the ball and and yeah everything from there was was good yeah, I, I mean, I was all day. I was really thinking that we were going to lose that quite comfortably, but like the way the lads actually like hung in there was brilliant. You know, they're clearly playing for the manager, and and you know, they're not. They don't look demoralised. You know, they don't look. They don't look like they're just going to go out and lose every game. I mean, one thing I would disagree really is quite a few people talking about. Well, I, I, to be honest, a few people not talking enough about the fact that we've won one game in what, 20, 21, maybe more. I mean, that's like absolutely like horrifically bad, isn't it? So, you know, when people talk about, you know, it's going to be ups and downs and all that, well, you know, for the past however long, we've just been sliding downwards. So again, it's all on Javi. That's why I, I'm, I'm not even looking at the fixtures and permutations and stuff, because I really think all, all, all it's about is whether he can make us better. Because if he doesn't, we're down. There's, there's no doubt about that. You know, that's just the way it's going. But I think he can and, and I, I do hold on to that. And yeah, good for Harrison yesterday, good for Bamford yesterday, and good for the team. I think it's yeah vital to take that point because it'll just keep them, like it'll give, it'll make Grazia's job a lot easier to keep them positive this week. Yeah, and I, I, I was very pleased that Bamford just had a go because we weren't really having any shots. I think I'd looked, because I've got Wi-Fi at Ellen Road, so I managed to sneak it. And uh, I managed to look at the momentum graph and all the, stats that a lot of people rubbish and our xg at that point was like 0.2 and there's just one point something and it is that whole thing of you don't shoot you don't score and i think we just needed someone to have a go and i, I often get that feeling when i see adam's just on the ed edge of the box or mckenny you just think have a go like you've got nothing to lose we're always looking for a perfect pass but you just do not know what is going to happen and it's worth a go yeah it really annoys me and it feels like it's always been like that for Leeds, but then like often you'll see stats where we've had the most shots from outside the box and, and it surprises you, but it feels like that. And Adam's hit a really nice one yesterday, actually, in the first half. His fist over the bar, I think. But yeah, I always think if you've got a chance to shoot from 20-odd yards compared to playing a pass out wide for someone to then have to do a nice cross and someone have to get on the end of it and score, just take a, take a shot. Yeah, I feel the same. I thought Aylid had a, a, he did have a, a rough ride yesterday. But their left wing, what's his name? Me, Yeah, he's like exceptional player. Because even when he drifted into the middle in the second half as well, he was causing problems. And you just think, yeah. I mean, Bill's just had a baby, hasn't he? Like, <laughs> like I know how he feels. Like, I, I definitely won't be running around the football pitch. That's for sure. It's, it was a, yeah, it was a tough day for him to be fair. And with Toma, he's a really good player. Picked up from absolute obscurity. It's probably their most impressive signing, really. It sums them up amazingly. Took him from, he was still studying over there when they signed him. It's, it's pretty remarkable. He's come here and he's ripping it up in the Premier League. So yeah, fair play to him. But uh, yeah, it was, it was tough. And it wasn't one of the case, it wasn't even a case of him like just being exposed by our tactics or anything like that. It was just, it's just the Premier League and it's a top, top level player that he's come up against. So. Yeah, there's not a, not a great deal you can really say or do about a situation like that, I don't think. Just got to accept it. And, you know, they scored once 
well, the scored ones from from Matoma's head back. The first goal, wasn't it? Yeah. And I guess the second came from that side as well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it very much did. And I mean, Aileen almost got on the end of, in fact, I think Matoma might have stopped him in the end as well in the first half when he had that sort of half shot as well. So, yeah, he caused him a lot of problems even in, when, when he was attacking. So, yeah, and they, their second goal and that was, you know, we're into the second half and you think we start off well, it's, you know, it's effectively at nil-nil again here and everyone was positive, that goes in, crowd start turning again and I didn't realise in the ground at the time that it was Jack Harrison that had kicked the ball. Uh, honestly, it wasn't though. Like, I've seen it. Have you watched our match of the day yet? I, well, I was going to talk to you about match of the day. I haven't watched match of the day, Rocker. I, I need a pundit to tell me what, what was going on there. It's absolutely clear as day that it's not Harrison's own goal. I can't believe it's going to go down as his own goal. It, it, the guy sticks his leg through Harrison's legs and pokes it home. I mean, he should have cleared it with his right foot, for sure. And the reason that the guy's got in there is because he's tried to go with his left. But no, it's absolutely not an own goal. Justice for Jack. It's, it is a bit hard from Jack as well, considering Woba tried to smash it past Melia first. Yeah. For him to get it in. It's like everyone on the team just thought they'd have a go. Cheers, <laughs> lad. Well, you know, can't beat a bit in jeopardy, can you? And yeah, and then it made it very tense. I think quickly after that, there was a triple sub. We had McKenny, Monto, and who else came on? Oh, God. Rutter. Rutter, Rutter come on? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, you look and you think that's way more attacking with that as well, brought a bit of instability in Brighton. We, we opened up a bit as well and Brighton seemed to get a bit more, get more in their attack as well. So, and you can kind of see, like, I know, I know Aronson does get a bit of hammer and, and Somerville does as well, but, but Brett Aronson's good at closing down. I think that's where he, he was good in that game and he does cause problems, but beyond that is passing and creativity where I just like, there was a, there was a time where he was running through and you just thought you could do him for pace here. You could go around him on the right hand side and have a shot. And he just didn't. He just sort of seemed to slow down. He just think he, he's a sort of player that just needs to back himself when he gets further up the pitch. He just doesn't back himself enough. I don't think. Yeah. And yeah, it's confidence, isn't it? There was one time, well, it was Rodrigo was the third yeah, substitute. Yeah. And then oh, sorry. Yeah. And I realized that because there was a time where Aronson got fouled when we were breaking away, but he had five seconds to play a pass out to Rodrigo, who was completely clear on the left. And he, and he didn't, he either didn't see him or he didn't play it. And it, I was so frustrated at that. Yeah. I just think he's, I, th I think like, like a lot of them, it's a long, difficult season and, and yeah, he's, I, I just think he's going through a tough time. He dug out that shot nicely in the second half where the keeper. I mean, it was probably never going to trickle in, but the keeper had to make a decent save. And that was actually, I thought, a fairly decent effort. But yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he started. I, I am. I'm, I'm surprised that Nyonto's not starting. Willing to, uh, or happy to, to give Grazia the, the benefit of the doubt with it. But I, I can't, I mean, he's got to be back in the team soon, surely. I think it'll change next week because I think, I think Wolves is a different proposition. And I think Brendan was left in because he is, when he's called on to press, he is very, very good. And because he's fast, he's fast at doing it. And I think that does, that did cause Brighton problems when they were, when they were very, very deep. So, but I think it'll be different next week and that we might see a change there. But on, on Rodrigo, do you think there was a penalty shout for him? 
Not really. I think it'd have been very, very soft. And the guy actually does get the ball, but it's a scruffy ta- tackle. But again, Rodrigo's leaning into him. He's it, it, yeah. It was all it was all a bit scruffy for me. I screamed my head <laughs> screamed my head off for it, but not bothered that it wasn't given. To be honest, what did you think from your view? Where I was, I thought I thought it was, and then when he got up and didn't realise it, I just thought, ah, that's annoying. Because even if I had gone down, if that was me, I would have been screaming for a penalty at the referee. I've got a question. Were you the guy that threw the ball on? I was not the guy who threw the ball on. As Honestly, I still think it should have been disallowed, you know. Like, at the time, it sort of ruined it for me because I was just convinced it was going to be disallowed because that was obviously right in front of us. And you could see their players sort of step back a little bit as though it was going to be, the ref was going to make it restart. And I think everyone around us thought that that was going to happen as well. So when it went in and the, and the ref, like, stepping back a little bit, Monto took a short corner to, to Harrison. The ball came, a second ball came onto the pitch. But first of all, I was so annoyed that they were doing another stupid short corner. <laughs> I was like, for God's sake, can't you just whip it in? And then there you go. Harrison scores an absolute peach. But yeah, I was convinced it was going to be, it was going to be chalked off. I, yeah, I didn't really know what was going on. I couldn't understand what Brighton were complaining about because, I, yeah, being at the other side of the cup, I, I, yeah, didn't see that. But fair play for common sense being used. That is really refreshing because it didn't affect things. Although I, I do think you're right. I think for a second they did sort of stand, yeah, they sort of wondered whether the game would be stopped. A absolutely brilliant finish. I loved the, the best part for was... Because when the referee like grabbed the ball off the Brighton players and like threw it towards the centre circle to say, just get on with the game. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a lovely goal. I was right behind it. So I was like in all the way, knew straight away that it was going in. Don't really know how he did it because he seemed to like a really wicked dip on it. No, it's a cracker. Right foot as well. You know, we have, we've had Bamford scoring on his weaker foot and Harrison scoring on his weaker foot. Or is he right footed? I never really know with Jack. I, Never know whether he's sort of been inverted or. No, it's definitely left. My dad thinks it was a grab toy to get him to, well, get them both to start shooting with their other foot. So let's give him some credit, I suppose. Maybe he's like chained one leg up all week and just made them like kick with it. That's what I like to think happened. So, yeah, all, all the results came in after that game and it just sort of felt a bit, oh, God, they haven't all gone our way, have they? And, you know, Hayden touched on talking about the table versus last year and just for anyone who hasn't seen that that after the 26th game last season Bielsa was sacked and we were on the exact same points as we are on the 26th game this season but we have a 19 better goal difference this time around the big thing is that the, the teams around us are probably much better than say Norwich were last season as well so it, it makes it an incredibly tough call and yeah, I mean, even today, the result, the results that came in, I think, did Wolves lose? L- Wolves lost yeah. to Newcastle, didn't they? Yeah, and uh, yeah, West Ham only drew at home to Villa. I mean, their fans think they're going down, so they're probably in more trouble than I sort of give them credit for. I, I just keep assuming that they'll pull away, but maybe not. And then Southampton getting a getting a draw at Old Trafford. I must admit, this was one of the very, very, you know, whenever I want Man U to win, they never win. It's ridiculous. It's happened about five times in my life. They never bloody win. But I must admit, like going into injury time, I still didn't want Southampton, I didn't want Man U to score at that point. I thought, well, just let it be a draw. 
and say, yeah, take that. Not quite bottom. But like you say, the fact that Watford and Norwich were just, you know, pathetic last season, you know, might play into our hands as well that these other teams, you know, the teams below us, well, the teams in the relegation zone will take points off the teams just above the relegation zone. And I just think we've just got to think about ourselves. I don't think there's any real worth in, in thinking about anything else apart from us improving and, and getting, getting up to near 40 points because that's, that's what we'll need, full stop. Well, that's the other thing as well is that within the last group of games time last season, we did play Watford and we did play Norwich and we, we don't have this time. No, we only, we've got, have we got Bournemouth? No, we've got, we've played them both twice. No, we've got Bournemouth, we've got away. Bournemouth away. Bournemouth away. Yeah. So yeah, we have got Bournemouth away and that'll be tough. Like, you know, I, I know Liverpool just didn't turn up against them yesterday. I saw Steve McManaman having a massive rant about it and how disappointed that he was going to be to travel back up north after that and how the fans would feel. And it's true, like, they they didn't turn up and Bournemouth have got a great result out of them. And we just, we need to go there, try and get something. Otherwise, yeah, we sort of deserve to be where we are. Yeah, and that's, that's again, probably contributed to my negativity is the fact that other teams are getting results. And, you know, Bournemouth beating Liverpool was was just pretty typical. I mean, they nearly beat Arsenal last week. You know, they they do pick up wins. I mean, we've lost, we've won less games than everyone now, I think. So I, that, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just really worried. I, you know, it's it's literally all on Grazzi for me, whether he can get a tune out of these lot. And I must say, the the, the longer it's going on, the the less my enthusiasm is. Shock horror, <laughs> spoiler alert. Do you, but do you think we have got better? Because like you look at Chelsea last week, and having seen Bamford play yesterday, I thought Bamford was excellent. I thought he played really, really good game, held the ball up well, dribbled past players with ease at times, brought other people into game. And, and it made me actually think, oh, do you know what? We could have really done with him at Chelsea last week. And it, 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 it could have potentially made a huge difference for us. And that then made me feel more positive thinking, well, he's coming back. Sinister is coming back. Rodrigo's coming back. He was, Rodrigo was rusty when he came on yesterday. But you think actually there's a lot to be positive about in our attack that has that has been missing. And for me, I do think we are getting better. I'm not I'm not saying that we're gonna, you know, go out and win every game, but I definitely think there's some wins in us still. And I I'm feeling more positive than I thought I would be after a draw. Yeah. I don't know. I'm 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 undecided really. I think there's been things that I like and then again, I I just think a lot of the times it's the players that that you know, they just don't have enough quality in them. But like you say, there's quality players. Our most you know, top quality players are coming back. So hopefully that will automatically help us. I mean, Hayden said that we've got a better squad this season. And I'm not sure even about that, to be honest. And a lot of people, that seems to just be the general consensus is that we've got better players than we had last season. So we should be doing better. We had Rafinha and we had Phillips. I mean, they, they're, they're like practically world-class players. And to lose them and then, you know, have people like Somerville playing instead. And obviously Adams has had a good season, but, you know, he's not Phillips. I'm not so sure we've got a better squad. What do you think? Phillips was injured for a lot last season, wasn't he? And he came in and, yeah. he, wasn't, and he wasn't right. And there was times where I thought felt that Rafinha sort of went missing as well. But that's because he was under so much pressure because he was our only creative outlet. So I get the argument when people say we have a better team this year. I think we're more probably more balanced than we were last season. 
but whether the players are the right fit for the system that we even have now, because we've switched from that penis ball, marsh ball down the middle to then trying to be more productive and use the width. And I just, I'm just not, not really sure that certain areas of it are stronger. I think Sinister is great. I think Rodrigo's a different player altogether. I think Nyonto's fantastic. For me, it's in the middle in, in midfield where I, and, and why we've always, you know, why we were struggling under March as well is that link between defense and attack. And that is for me is where we need to get something out of this team is how can the midfield help support the team in attack? And I started to dig into it last night. I was trying to think about it and, you know, going back to the world cup because you've got McKenney and Adams who were playing together at the world cup. And I don't even really remember USA creating a lot. Like it was very much a, a defensive block type team. It was never like, you never really saw them get much in the way of their offensive play. And I think, yeah, is that kind of what we've got? We've got like a sturdy midfield, but it doesn't really offer much more than that. Yeah, I think you probably, I think that is correct, really. And if you, if Adams isn't on song, then I think we, we yeah, without that, that is probably the key to our struggles. You know, I think back to before the World Cup, the Spurs game away where I thought we were superb and Adams was brilliant and we played some great football. Like we looked like a good team, Anfield as well. I thought we were magnificent that, that, that night. It was, it was a brilliant performance. And, you know, at that point I was thinking, well, you know, we, we are good. Look what we can do. You know, we, we're clearly going to be all right. We'll get enough points. So yeah, even, you know, from there, that was under Marsh from that point to now. I don't know. It's 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 difficult. We we need we need we need a big win. Like last season, we got those two miracle results back to back. Well, yeah, the ninetieth minute against Norwich and then ninetieth minute against Wolves, and that gave us such a massive boost. And then we went on and you know beat beat Watford a few weeks after, and everything everything was looking absolutely fine. So we just need something like that. I know we already had the Southampton win, uh, but yeah, I, I just feel like we need a need a real moment to just ignite the club again. Because yeah, like like I say, probably the more I think about it, probably it was more the, the like the atmosphere at, at, at Ellen Road and and just the feel around the club, as much as the performance and or more, yeah, probably more than the performance that that made me think that you were just we're just being dragged down and down. So yeah, we just need to. We need to get ignite, ignited. Molyneux, do it again. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and maybe that's it. You know, maybe we are being hypercritical of certain players and, and I don't think we're meaning to, but like maybe that's all they need. They need a bit of momentum, a bit a, a good win, a good performance where everything clicks and then all of a sudden you start to feel more positive and you go into a game, like you say, like Watford last year and you think, yeah, we could bury these. So let's see what next weekend brings uh, we'll touch on it in a minute man of the match man of the match i'll give it to harrison because he didn't score his own goal and he scored a, a, a belter that that got us out of jail there's a turnaround for you he was <laughs> he's he's oh God, we should probably just mention him again but he is equally one of the most frustrating players and one of the most brilliant i know and he doesn't stop he doesn't stop trying bless him he's good yeah. at he's when he when he's trying and his defense play is really really good he put in an Brilliant cross. I can't remember. Oh, I think it was before Ailing smashed it over the bar. That was a good chance, actually. I think Harrison put in a wicked cross. It was brilliant. Yeah. Maybe that was the only one for a few months, though. 
I'm going with Bamford for my man of the match. I thought he was excellent yesterday. We showed you how much we missed him at Chelsea, like I said. And I think it's good, that healthy competition up there with him and Rodrigo. And hopefully, because they're both back fully fit and training as well, Rutter starts to learn a lot from them as well and brings him up to speed. So, yeah, Bamford for me. I think he got he might have got man of the match on the club's official vote as well. So, good lad. Well done, yeah, I saw that. Well done, Bamford. Wolves then. So, what are we thinking? They'll, they'll probably want a bit of revenge after last year, won't they? I think we're going to win. Do you? Bloody hell. Bringing the, bring the positivity. I do, actually. I think I, I think this is the one where, where we'll, we will turn it around because we have to. We have to believe that. And I don't know. I, I feel like we've, we've beat them already this season. I don't think they're that good. I think they could be in for just a, an off day and, and we can just, yeah, maybe they're just playing to our hands. We've got a couple of goals behind us now, so a bit more confidence for Bamford. Players coming back, like you said, the tactics we can we can say stay solid. I, you know, I don't think they're going to be anywhere near as dangerous as as Brighton were. Being away from home, there's less pressure. Uh, I think we can go there in 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 very good spirits, much better spirits than I've been in today, <laughs> and uh, and and turn them over. This is how bonkers the Premier League is at the minute, though. So we're playing Wolves. They're on 27 points in 13th. We are 19th with 23. So all of a sudden, we start to jump up a bit if we get that win. And, and it's just so tight down there. You know, like Palace are in 12th and on 27 as well. And they could easily be dragged down into it. So, yeah, it's, it's a massive, massive game. I think we're more than capable of winning it. We're in, a, in terms of capability, I think we're far more capable than we were at when we went to their place last season, but we somehow got a result. Red card helped, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was a crazy game. It, it, yeah, we second half, we just reverted to Bielsa Paul and it was glorious to watch and Ailing dragged us over the line like he did against Birmingham. It was just, yeah, it was just, yeah, a magical night, really. Out of nothing. On that, I know we always go on about Luke Ailing because we love him. He he got some, like, stick on Twitter and, it, like, every every sort of, thread where there's conversation about him I just get annoyed because people just write him off all the time I think he had a bad game yesterday but he's he, you know who's to say that Matoma isn't like this you know the next best player in the Premier League and and he'd do that to a lot of players that he comes up against and I just think he, like you can't write him off like look at Wolves last year like it's a perfect example of of why you can't write someone like him off it's very strange. I don't understand it. It's like these these players that we love the most, they should be the ones getting the least stick. Like we should be, you know, they they're if they're our favourites, like they should be like almost protected. You know, you wouldn't expect them to to get pelters like Cooper gets and Click. I mean, you know, prime example, Click one year previous was the, the you know, the scapegoat, you know, everyone hating on him, he should be dropped. He was getting tweets all the time, ended up responding to one of them. And then a year later, when he's not playing and he's sold, he's like the biggest hero ever. And we're talking, like, debating whether he's a legend or not. And yeah, you know, it, that's when Nailing leaves, he'll, he will always be welcomed as a hero back to Ellen Road, as will Cooper, who's had shit to deal with his whole career at Leeds. Every time anything goes wrong, he's, he's yeah, gets, gets pelters. So it seems, yeah, I don't get it. I love just, those guys. You just reminded me, actually, yesterday, Luke definitely turned to the cop and was like telling people to calm down and shush because they were really on the backs of the players like when mistake it was a we gave away a corner and, and he was he was really sort of trying to get them to calm down because it doesn't help like 
it's the same on social media. Players read all this stuff. Just get behind them. Like they, they, and we all just need it to, to work. So stop being dicks basically. Yeah. So Wolves, I'm, I'm not going to call it. I can't call it, but I just hope we get something from it. I really go on, call it. I think we're going to win. I do think we're going to win. We, we need, we need to get a much better attacking phase together because we don't have much of that at the minute. And I think if we get that and we become more fluid going forward, then we'll be all right. And I don't think Wolves have got enough and I just hope we're right. Yeah. I think we're going to race into a 2-0 lead and then they'll score in the second half and it'll be hell, but we'll hold firm and everyone will be happy again. And we'll be out of the bottom three and we'll be one point behind Wolves and they'll be the ones shitting themselves. And Luke Aylin will have got a five-minute hat-trick. Is that it? Anything else? I think so. Yeah, you've not forgot match. No, you've not forgot man of the match. So no, I was you were going to say match of the day then. That's a, but yeah, match of the day. Did you watch it? Well, I, w- I watched the Leeds goals, and I must say how refreshing it was not to even have a commentator. I'm I've passionately believed for a long time that football would be miles better without those idiots droning on. I I loved I loved watching the highlight. I, I will go back and watch the other games without commentary because. It's refreshing. I wish they had at least an option where you could turn them off. And just watch like you're at the game. Yeah, I, I, so much better. That's funny because Gary Lineker said he hates these idiots that write about f- the football clubs. I, 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 I do agree on the whole uh, commentary thing because I think on, I don't know if they still do it, but Amazon Prime viewing used to have the option on the app where you turn off the audio, you could select that it's crowd only or commentators or whatever. And I thought, yeah, that's, that's good. I like that. Ironic, isn't it? When they're the ones with McCoy's. <laughs> yeah. They're the one, the one that you wouldn't turn off. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah, I think McCoy's and Bryn are like the only two I probably wouldn't, but that's because. Yeah. And Dorigo. Yeah. Dorigo's very, very good. Very good. Cool. Well, yeah, we'll be back next week after the Wolves game. Let's just have a nice week and everyone be positive. Come on. We'll be all right. I hope. See you next time. Podcast Network.